Hello and welcome to this latest edition of the World of Work podcast. I'm Sophie Fisher. How are we going to recover from the current combination of social and economic challenges? According to an ILO report released last month, a key element of this will be improving productivity. The World Employment and Social Outlook Trends 2023 report, or WISO Trends as it's more usually known, describes productivity as key to addressing today's multiple crises and a linchpin of a just transition. But productivity has been slowing in advanced economies for a while, and that trend has now spread to emerging economies. So in this programme, we thought it would be interesting to drill down into this question. And we're going to do that by focusing in particular on one region, Latin America. With me to discuss this productivity paradox are Jose Manuel Salazar, who is Executive Secretary of ECLAC, the UN's Economic Commission for Latin America and the Caribbean, often known as CIPAL. And we also have with us Daniel Saman, Senior Economist at the ILO. Daniel and Jose Manuel, welcome to the show and thank you very much for joining us. Yes, thank you. Daniel, let me start with you. Why don't we start with a basic question? What is productivity and why is it important? Well, productivity is an economic measure of efficiency and uh, it captures the capability of an economy to produce outputs, goods and services, with a certain amount of inputs. Usually that's capital and labor. So in other words, we can look in a certain at a certain period in time and we want to know with the workers that we have, with the machinery that we have, and with the know-how, how many goods can we produce? And the higher the productivity is, uh, the more goods and services are available. And it's a very important measure for economists because it really reflects the potential to create well-being, economic well-being uh, for the economy and for the people uh, that work in it. Right. Okay. And Jose Manuel, let me bring you in now. How much of an issue is this lack of productivity growth for Latin America, a region I know which is still looking to catch up economically with the G7? Yeah, thank you very much. I'd like to start just by perhaps adding just one concept to what Daniel just said in the sense that Paul Krugman in the 90s said something that has been quoted a lot on productivity. He said productivity is not everything, but in the long term it is almost everything. He said the capacity of a country to improve its standard of living through time depends almost entirely on its capacity to increase output per worker. So with this introduction, I must say that this is um, extremely important for Latin America. And by the way, congratulations for a very interesting uh, and important contribution from the ILO in this report. But it is extremely important productivity in Latin America because Latin America has a very uh, serious uh, low growth problem. And the root of this problem of low growth in Latin America is, is that there is, has been practically no growth of productivity <clears throat> at all on average in, in the region in the last 30 years. And, and this is the region of the world with the worst productivity performance. So this is a real developmental crisis. The region has failed in promoting technological sophistication, economic complexity, uh, production and export diversification. And the result of all this is that the countries are in the middle income trap, a topic that uh, has been discussed much. No Latin American country has passed the threshold of $20,000 of income per capita, not even close. In our case, 
we're still uh, below 50% of the productivity of the leading countries like the United States. So this is a real tragedy and, and, the, and the root cause of many economic maladies. So, so it is the what activity. is the problem? What is the answer to that problem? I mean, is the issue lack of skills, lack of education and training? Is it lack of investment? Is it lack of core infrastructure? What do you see as, as the key issues that are holding things back there? Well, it, it is a bit of... the all of those that you mentioned, and this is where this topic gets both very interesting and, and a little bit complex. Uh, let, let me enumerate five or six um, causes that have been analyzed in the literature and in the conversation. You know, first um, is the low productivity growth in a specific sector. There are studies that analyze, uh, you know, where's the source? And, you know, many sectors have very low productivity. For instance, the services sector is a major problem in Latin America in this respect. Because while there, there's a number of high productivity services sectors or subsectors like the financial sector, insurance, some medical services, some educational services, some commercial, some transportation, but the great majority of the services activities in the region are low productivity. Why? Because most of the services sectors are informal economy. Secondly, the type and size of enterprises in the economy is also a problem. There's a very large dominance of micro and very small enterprises and own account workers in the countries. High productivity economies have much higher proportions of employment in the large and medium-sized enterprises. So there is a problem there of industrial pro policy, if you like, or, or of, uh, pro you know, in terms of productive transformation. Third, innovation systems in Latin America are underdeveloped. The average investment in research and development in Latin America countries is one-fourth or even one-fifth of the average investment in OECD countries. Fourth, in many countries, the lack of investment in education and professional training systems or the inefficiencies in the educational and professional uh, vocational training is, is terrible. And a country cannot really fully participate in 21st century production and have high productivity without a skilled workforce. Uh, you need the modern-day competences acquired for technological revolu revolution, something that the ILO, by the way, has contributed a lot, and it's a very important conversation. And let me just mention two final ones very quickly. In many countries, the deficiencies in basic infrastructure, including for urban transport and mobility, continue to be a very serious barrier. And finally, of course, you have to mention uh, financial constraints and, and, and some of the issue of the, with the tax system. So all of these factors... Uh, influence and in order to make a, a productivity revolution. Or That's a, a, a quite a long and quite daunting list. Um, however, Daniel, I feel I really ought to ask you, do you want to add to that or um, can you give it some sort of context, suggest how that compares with other regions of the world? Yes. Well, I, I can't really say much on, on Latin America. So we have Jose Manuel here as, as, as the expert. Um, I can say that the situation is not as bad in all regions of the world as Jose Manuel has just described for Latin America. Um, however, it is a main finding of the ILO report that the slowdown in productivity growth is now a worldwide uh, phenomenon. Um, so we have seen this starting in the advanced economies, in G7 countries, in the US, in Germany, et cetera, et cetera. But those are countries that have already uh, reached a certain level of development. So it's not completely surprising that those countries at some point slow down a little bit. 
In in other regions of the world, uh, Asia has been quite success, successful. On Jose, Jose Manuel has already uh, uh, referred to this. So um, India and um, and China, for example, are, are are two countries that have managed to to create um, satisfying productivity or good productivity growth over the last uh, two, 20, 30 years. Right. Okay. So, Jose Manuel, the question is, what can be done about it? As you said, this is a, quite a long-term problem now, but do you see any particular ways forward um, for policymakers and uh, uh, to improve the situation? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I think economists and economic knowledge have, have discussed a lot about these issues of productivity. One conclusion, of course, is that there are no magic ones. There's no silver bullets. There's no single point of solution. But uh, but but there are solutions, of course. And in a way, they point out to to the list of uh, elements that I said in the diagnosis. For instance, f the first element I mentioned is the low productivity growth in specific sectors. What do we need for this? For this, we need sectoral processes for productivity growth. And the best methodology, there is a methodology to promote this, and, and it is called cluster-based policies. The cluster initiatives, uh, you know, basically are cooperative, iterative games, you know, basically, to put it simple, you bring all the relevant actors uh, in the private sector, in uh, uh, government agencies, academic sectors for training and so on, and you work on the productivity of those clusters, of those groups of enterprises of all sizes, large, medium, small, and along the value chains. Secondly, there must be um, efforts to reduce informality and to promote formalization. And there is, uh, by the way, something in which the ILO has worked a lot. Uh, the growth of the formal economy will be a big boost to productivity growth because the formal economy has higher productivity than the informal one. Third, uh, Latin America has to work on the innovation systems, on the startup ecosystems, increasing investments in research and development. There's a whole area here where, you know, there are very clear indicators that we are lagging very behind. And there is a lot to do. A lot has been done, by the way, but we have to scale up more. And fourth, um, the, the whole issue of structural change is something that must be promoted and accelerated. Small economies can make a huge difference in, in the dynamic processes of structural change by relying, for instance, on foreign direct investments. So examples of successful cases are Costa Rica, Uruguay, Dominican Republic, Panama, even Mexico, which is not really a small economy, but it has attracted huge amounts of foreign direct investment because of its proximity to the U.S. and the free trade agreement with the U.S. and Canada. But foreign direct investment is only one channel. The broader point here is that the countries should bet and should work on the growth of, of new dynamic sectors that change their production and employment structures towards higher productivity and better jobs. The problem in Latin America is the structural change has, be, has been perverse to a certain extent because a lot of this change has been from agriculture or even some deindustrialization that goes into informal sector. So instead of a virtuous process of going into higher productivity, better wage, uh, you know, sectors that pay better wages and allow standards of living, there has been this, this, this perverse. And, and the final point is nothing of the above will happen without a modern, high-quality education and vocational training system. Okay, well, what you said there um, about skills and what you said earlier about innovation leads me neatly into the issue of technology, uh, which is also um, laced throughout the WISO Trends report. And technology is often... Um, portrayed as 
one of the the answers to the productivity problem. Although in addition to improving productivity, it can also destroy jobs. So let me ask both of you, to what extent do you see this as um, the answer to some of, of Latin America's problems? I think we need to distinguish here uh, maybe a little bit advanced economies and the emerging and developing economies which, which we have in, in Latin America. Um, in, in the advanced economies, actually, the main question is to what extent the new digital technology technologies will be able to actually deliver the productivity growth uh, that societies uh, want and that societies need. It's an open question at the moment, and there are different um, different opinions about that, because as of today, uh, we haven't seen the big waves of automation and we haven't seen the big waves of uh, productivity growth through automation delivered th through the digital economies. Um, in, I think you can, of course, ask the question, and I think Jose Manuel will say something about that, uh, of you know, the role of technology also in emerging and in developing economies. But I would say that um, one needs to look more at the, or first at the issues that Jose Manuel already raised, uh, which is in particular the role of institutions, um, uh, formality, informality. So if you have well-functioning institutions, um, this provides the environment for, um, for enterprises uh, to make long-term decisions. It gives, it gives planning stability um, to, to invest into capital and into, in, into, to invest into people. And in my view, the investment into people is even more important than the investment in technology because in the end, it's people, uh, well-educated people that have the ideas. It's people who know how to use technology. It's people that have new ideas how to use technologies in a different ways, etc. In my opinion, it's it's the people who are the key uh, for advance and for uh, developing and emerging economies. Investment in people, giving them access to to resources and to education. Uh, from this, I think we can expect the the best results on on uh, future productivity growth. And Jose Manuel, I mean, I'd like to know what how you think technology might play out in Latin America, and in particular, whether there's a danger that it might actually increase inequality between those areas or countries that, that have the ability and the systems to implement it, and those which simply don't and might be left behind. Is it, is it going to level things up and increase productivity, or is it going to have the opposite effect? Well, that is the million-dollar question, actually, <laughs> and it's a very important question because, um, on the one hand, technology is an enormous opportunity. There's no doubt that the digital revolution and, of course, uh, other revolutions in other areas, you know, the bio uh, is giving guide to the whole, the whole uh, bioeconomy uh, in terms of energy transition, all sorts of things. But, and in fact, you know, the picture is mixed in Latin America. There has been quite a lot of progress particularly in, in digital technologies, in, you know, and with the COVID crisis, uh, as in the whole world, um, things like electronic commerce, like banking, like business services, digital government, all that has, uh, uh, you know, had a big jump. But the problem is that the progress has not been as large uh, as it is possible, desirable, and, and, and necessary. For example, uh, and then the, we, here we go to the inequalities. The numbers of internet users have increased, but there are large connectivity gaps, particularly in terms of the broadband internet. The use of cellular phones is almost universal. 
but for many uh, of the useful applications in education, in health, etc., it's necessary to have computers and tablets. And the penetration, uh, you know, ownership of tablets and computers is is very unequal uh, and very low, you know, among the, the poorer segments of the population. Then you have the digitalization of large enterprises, which is almost at the level of the developed countries. And then this demand high-skilled workers and everything that, that Daniel was correctly pointing out. But this is not the case for the majority of the small and medium-sized enterprises, and much less for the micro-enterprises that employ workers with much lower level of skills, in, in, including digital skills. So the, uh, the, the agenda, the digital transformation agenda is pretty clear uh, for the region as a whole and for uh, countries. But I think there are a lot of governance and regulatory issues that have to be, and of course, financial issues, to mobilize the necessary resources. In the current economic situation, there is a lot of focus on productivity and people saying this is what we have to get up, this is what we have to tackle. But productivity doesn't measure everything, does it? It doesn't, for example, measure the state of workers' rights or uh, the state of, of uh, equality or how countries dealing with discrimination. So do you think there's any kind of danger that we might get too obsessed with this one particular metric and, and move away from the broader picture of, of decent work and social justice? I mean, that's a very good point. We should be clear about that, that productivity is, is basically it's an efficiency measure. Um, so it doesn't say anything about distribution. It doesn't say anything about the uh, workers' rights, et cetera, et cetera. However, if you, I mean, it, 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 without productivity, there's not much you can do. You don't have space to distribute anything. You don't have much space um, to increase wages, etc., if you do not have the productivity gains. So I think it's uh, you, you need to do both at the, same t at the same time. You need to make sure that you have the productivity gains, but then, of course, also that they are distributed fairly and that everybody gets his share, his or her share in the productivity gains. But I don't think we can get away, we can have just justice without productivity. Yeah, I um, agree with what Daniel uh, just said. I mean, uh, but I perhaps put it in, in these terms. I mean, we have to recognize that without growth of productivity, prosperity is not sustainable. Good job creation is not sustainable. Social policies and the welfare states are not sustainable. Social mobility is not possible or it will be very slow. And then all this means that social pacts, pacts are at risk because you get inequalities and you get a lack of social mobility and, um, you know, the poverty rates do not diminish. So while it is true that you have, um, you know, specific areas of policy which are very important and human rights and reduce poverty and, 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 and the education system, etc., the fact is, and this is the tragedy, this is the problem we're talking about in Latin America, that if we are stuck 30, 40 years with low productivity growth, everything becomes much more difficult to achieve. It's much more difficult to create formal jobs and good jobs, you know, so this in work. Uh, and it is much more difficult to finance the so social programs that societies need. So uh, we need to do several things at the same time, but we, we are missing in Latin America is a growth agenda, a, a clear, which includes productivity. It's not only that, but because if instead of being uh, growing, like in the last decade, uh, a 0.9% on average, again, I go to that, 1% on average, we were growing at 4 or 5%. 
it will be much easier to work on the rest of all the agendas. There will be more fiscal space, more fiscal resources for the investments, et cetera, et cetera. So this is why uh, the productivity and growth agendas are so crucial. Gentlemen, a fascinating topic and obviously a very complex one, but unfortunately that's all we have time for today. So my thanks to both of you. My guests were Jose Manuel Salazar, who is Executive Secretary of ECLAC, and Daniel Saman, who is Senior Economist at the ILO. And thanks very much to you all for listening. Please join us again soon for another Future of Work podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye.